The Jews are in danger of complete annihilation. The situation looks absolutely hopeless. Esther is the only person that's in the position to seem to be able to help. And Mordechai is trying to convince her. But he uses the worst motivational speech in history. Welcome back. I'm Gila Ross, host of the Power Up podcast, where we talk about real life issues and we tease apart what's true and what's not to bring you the inspiration to upgrade and impact your every single day. And in this issue, together with the Wednesday night group, we look at the message of Purim for our lives today. So I'm going to ask you a question that I I think I might stump you with. Let's see. What does Purim actually mean? Coming up to Purim, it's next week is Purim. What does it actually mean? Ooh, there's always that smart one in, in, in the room that tells us. Okay, so what it, um, Jackie's right that it means um, it means a, a lot, right? A lottery. Does anyone know why Purim is called lots? A lottery. <laughs> uh, let's see if anyone else knows. Any any particular part of the poem story? Okay, Jackie, you want? Oh, I forgot you're a Jewish study seat, so that's not fair, right? You've got an unfair. <laughs> you've got an unfair advantage. Right, but you 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 definitely still have it in you, right? You definitely still have it in you. So, um, okay, so there's a moment in the poem story where Haman, who has decided that he wants to kill the Jews, how does he choose um, where, which date to kill the Jews on by? Drawing a lottery, exactly. So, so, um, and and that is um, um, that is why the the Purim is called Purim in in commemoration of the fact that Haman decided the date that all the Jews were going to be killed by lottery. Now, let me ask you a question: If you were naming the the holiday, right? Here's the story: The Jews, um, Haman, um, puts this plot in place that all the Jews are going to be wiped out. They're all going to be killed. Um, um, exactly. Thank you, Linda. You're um, you're right. And um, then they have this miraculous um, series of events that happen over a period of nine years and the Jews get saved. What would you, yes, the Purim, this is an interesting fact about the Purim story that most people do not realize is that the Purim story, when we read the Purim story, it took place over nine years. From beginning to end, it took place over nine years. So when we read it, um, it looks, wow, like, okay, that's amazing. That, that happened and that happened and that happened. But if you think about it, like think about the past nine years in your life, right? Like there are things that may have happened that have fallen into place or not fallen into place as, as the case may be. But nine years is a long time, right? Which we're going to go into that later on in, in a little bit. But before before we keep it in mind, just keep that, that, that thing because it is an interesting tidbit. What would you name it? English, Hebrew, whatever you want to call it, but what 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 sort of point would you pick out and 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 name the holiday? Would you name it lottery? No. Okay. We don't have a lot of um, faith in the name. Of, it looks like. What would you name it? The name of Purim. What what would it? What would you call it? Anyone that's on Zoom, you're welcome to um, type in. And anyone on, on Instagram, you're also welcome to, to, to give us your opinion. 
Oh, let me ask you another question. Let me ask you the question differently. Why wouldn't you name it lottery? Morbid, half happy story. You think it would choose like more of a happy part. Okay. 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 Yes, um, 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 Esther, you're right. That it, it's it's a bit. Why not focus on the salvation? But I would say there's another reason also why you wouldn't use it because it seems a little bit of an insignificant fact. Like what 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 difference does it make? How he chose how he chose to to what date it was, right? Like had he had he chosen the date by writing writing it down? What they have called the holiday writing? Like what what's if you're going to call the entire holiday Purim over the fact that that's how he chose. Um, the date that they were going to die that there's got to be like something in that fact right because otherwise it just seems to us like would, would it have registered to you in in the whole story oh he chose the date by 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 lottery it, it seems a little bit insignificant Maybe the two lots and that's how they named it. <laughs> uh, could be could be they put all the names all the words in the Megillah into it and 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 that's how they call the name um, Apart from the name. <laughs> uh, um Okay, we're going to find out. In, in we're going to we're going to keep that question in mind, but um, we, we, and we're going to we're going to come back to it because I think you'll find a fascinating um, idea in in it. So, let me ask you a question. Um, this should be. Hold on, just a second. Um, we will. Okay, hold on just a sec. Let me grab Shana. Shana. I just got some kitchen paper. So yeah, we're going to get that. We're going to get a few. Sorry, we are back. Apologies about that. We are all back. Okay. Second, second question that I wanted to ask you now that we are back from our short interval is <laughs> what is what if in your opinion, what's the turning point in the poem story? So what do I mean by that is if you if you I'll give you a brief overview of the poem story. The poem story starts with um, Ahasuerus, who is the king who is going to throw a huge, huge party. And he invites everyone. Now, Mordechai, who is the leader of the Jews, tells the Jews, don't go to that party because it's not going to be, a, a um, spiritually, it's not going to be a good environment for you. The Jews do not listen to Mordechai and they go, right? At this party, um, I, um, I, I'm going to give you the, the shorter version of it. Uh, at this party, Akashosh gets furious with his wife, Vashti. Um, he's drunk. He asks his advisors, what should I do? She didn't listen to me. And they, um, the advisor, who happens to be Haman, tells Akashosh, kill her. Right? She didn't listen to you. Kill her. And he does that. He wakes up after, uh, uh, you know, after his, his hangover or whatever, and he suddenly realizes he has no queen. So what does he do is he runs a beauty pageant throughout the the, the the country and says throughout his empire and he chooses a new queen who just happens to be a Jewish girl called Esther right who does not um, he does not know she is Jewish she hides her identity her Jewish identity from him meanwhile um, um, me meanwhile um, so Esther is now the new queen um, um, Esther's uncle is Mordechai. Esther's uncle is sitting outside the palace and he hears two of the queen's servants, Big Son and Seresh, plotting to kill, to poison the king, Ahasuerus. So he sends a message to Esther who, who tells Ahasuerus and the, the um, Ahasuerus' life is saved that way. Uh, they write it down in his book of Chronicles, but he does, he for whatever reason, he never gets a reward. 
Meanwhile, um, Homon becomes the prime minister. Homon puts a, um, a rule, a law into place that every single person has to bow down to him. Everybody in the does except for Mordechai the Jew. It infuriates and enrages Haman that this one person will not bow down to him. And he says, you know what? I'm going to kill all the Jews. And he goes to Achashverosh and he says, you've got this nation, the Jewish people that are... Um, they're, they're, they live, they, you know, they're, they're scattered amongst you and they're not good for the people. Do I have your permission to kill them? And he, the um, Achashverosh says to him, here's my ring, go and do it. Do whatever you want, basically, to them. The Jews find out about it. Um, so that, well, I mean, at this point, um, Haman draws a lottery of which month, which day to kill the Jews. And that's they decide that um, um, next year on, on, on the 15th of Adar, all the Jews are going to be killed. The Jews find out about it. And obviously, they're devastated. They're worried. They're nervous. Mordechai sits outside the palace. And he says to Esther, he turns around to Esther. He gets a message sent to Esther. And he says, what's going on? And he tells her what's going on. He says to her, Esther, I want you to go to Ahasuerus and ask him to save the Jews. And what does Esther say at that point? She says to him, she says, I, I, he hasn't called me. And the rule, the, the law in, in, um, is that if the king doesn't call you and you go in unannounced, he could kill you. Now, this is a guy who has a track record of killing his wife, right? She's not, she's not just um, um, you know, speculating at worst case scenario. It's a very, very real threat. So what does Mordechai say to her at this point? And it's a fascinating, um, um, what would you say? Before I tell you, what would you say at that point? Like imagine, let's put ourselves in Mordechai's place, right? The entire Jewish people were, were about to be wiped out. And I forgot to tell you one important fact. The, the law in, was that, in Shushan was that once the king made a decree, he could not rescind that decree, right? So now that he had put a decree in place saying that the Jews were allowed to be killed on that 15th of Adar, he couldn't say, oh, actually I'm canceling that. So, um, what would you say to Esther at that point if you were Mordechai? The, you know, the entire Jewish nation is, is, is relying on, on you know, him being able to convince Esther this to go. This is your mission. This is why you were here. Okay. So Maybe. Jackie would say, you know, this is it. You got to do it. Step up, right? What does, what does Mordechai tell? Take, take one for the team, right? So what if you, you know, what, what does Mordechai tell her? He says to her, he says to her, it's fascinating. He says to her, um, he says, if you, if um, Esther, if you choose not to go, the salvation will come for the Jewish people, right? So think of what he's saying. He's telling her, if you choose not to go, the Jewish people, they'll be saved anyway. But how do you know? And then he borrows Jackie's line. And he says, how do you know if not for this very moment, you and your family was um, 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 put here to, in, in the palace? Okay, so that's what he tells her. Esther listens to him and says, you know what? I'm going to go. He says, go gather all the Jewish, all the people fast and pray, and I will go to... Um, uh, so he, she, um, he does that. She fasts for three days. She goes to Achashverosh. Achashverosh extends the scepter to her and welcomes her in. And she, he says to her, what do you want? So she says, what I want is I want um, I want a party with me, you, and um, Homon. Just the three of us. So meanwhile, um, Homon is, um, he comes to the party with um, Achashverosh and Esther. And Homon is, right, if you think about it, is at the pinnacle of his, of his career. He's a prime minister. He's the only person outside the king and queen in invited to a party, comes out of this party, he sees Mordechai, 
Mordechai refuses to bow to him. And he is, again, enraged. It doesn't matter how much he has. The fact that this one person is not, um, is not bowing down to him, it enrages him. So he, he goes and he builds a gallow and he decides he's going to come back to the king Ahasuerus and ask for permission to hang Mordechai. So he's heading back to Ahasuerus. And meanwhile, Ahasuerus is having insomnia. He cannot fall asleep. So what does he do? As any king does, as we all know, what you do, sorry, bless you, is he calls his servants to read from the book of chronicles right bedtime stories to help him help him fall asleep so they happen to open up to the page where it talks about how mordechai saved the king's life from big son and serish and he says to um, the, the servants did we did the king reward mordechai and they looked it up in the book no reward so he he hears someone coming in this is Haman, and he says to, and, and he says to Haman, what should the king do to reward someone who who the king um, needs owes a reward and Haman thinks ha, who else would the king possibly want to reward except for me so he says to him this is what you should do you should put him on the royal horse you should give him royal clothes you should parade him around the city telling everyone about this is the way that the king offers um, um honors people that um deserve to be honored and um so Ahasuerus says, great, that's a great idea. Go and do it to Mordechai, right? That, there goes that, 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 that bit. <laughs> yes. Well, he thought he was coming to ask if he could hang um, um, Mordechai. Anyway, so he goes, he goes, he does that to Mordechai. And at the end, um, at the end of that day, as you can imagine, it was, must have been a very, very humiliating day for him. He comes to the party, second party, Ahasuerus, Esther, and Haman. And Ahasuerus says, so come on, this is the second party you're inviting me to. What, um, what, what, what can I do for you? And she tells him, she says, there is a terrible person who is trying to kill me and all my people. And Ahasuerus hears about this and says, he says, who is it? And she says, it's Haman. And, and he says, okay, you know what? He gives Mordechai his signet ring and says, um, um, go and do what you can to, to save the Jewish people. And at that point, Mordecai puts in a new decree that's saying that the day before, the Jews can, can defend themselves, right? Which is how the, the, the Purim story ends, that the Jews were saved. Now, the question that I was asking um, before I give you the snapshots um, story of it was, if you had to pick like the turning point, right? Because if, you know, I don't know if I did a good job of it because I, I rushed through it so fast, but if you read it through, you'll see that it looks very, very bleak. Right? It looks like there is no hope for the Jews. Every single Jew is going to be wiped out. And yet there is this miraculous salvation. What would you say is the moment that kind of when it was all terrible up till then, and then suddenly it starts switching and things and things start to change for the Jewish people? Any ideas of what that moment might be? When she decides to fast, maybe. Okay. So, so we have one. Something about it. We have one vote for when Esther fasts. Okay, and it wasn't by the way, it wasn't just Esther the fasted. Um, the all the the all the Jews fasted, which is why we have the fast of Esther the day before. And she agreed to go. And she agreed to go. Okay. Any any other thoughts? So I'm going to agree with um, both Jackie and Esther because I'm not going to be outnumbered here, right? <laughs> but you're both 100% right. That moment, if, if you actually read it, it becomes much more clear. But that moment when Esther said that I will, I will um, go to the king, I will risk my life to go to the king, is when things started to change, right? It was all terrible. And then things started to change and, and, and there was hope for the Jews. Now, there's a fascinating thing going on because I, I pointed out the conversation to you. Mordechai's response to Esther is, 
I don't think something that any of us would see. Is that correct? Right? We would all tell if, you know, if we, if we like, put yourself in that moment where you feel like everything is reliant on one per, on this one moment, right? You would, you would say to her, you would say to that person, like, come on, you, you, we're all relying on you. All the Jewish people are relying on you. What does Mordechai say? He says, you know what? You go, you don't go. We're going to get saved anyway. Like, really? If you're going to get saved anyway, why should I go? Like, if I was Esther and I was hearing that from, from, um, um, Achash, from, from Mordechai, he basically told her, you go or you don't go, the Jews are going to get saved. So why, why should she bother going? Any idea? Why, why should it was her purpose. That was her purpose that she. Okay, so you're saying because it because it was her purpose. But let Maybe me. She works better when she's not under pressure. <laughs> <laughs> Is there anyone like that that works better when they're not under pressure? Oh, great. Okay. Um. Um. So. So I think. I think what we have here is and 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 the underlying of of um, theme of this poem story and and this is going to answer the question really about Mordechai's weird speech and also the question about this the weird name of Purim is there is a conflict between two different worldviews right there's a conflict between the worldview of Haman and the conflict of the worldview of Mordechai and I think it's a it's a conflict that whether we have it defined clearly defined in our life or not it's a, a conflict that we experience in our life as well right so what was Haman's um, um, worldview and and you can you can Again, if we had more time, I could show it to you a little bit more in depth. But what was Haman's worldview? It was that he he saw that in the in terms of the big pick, like well, why did he draw a lottery to uh, come on? You're, you're killing an entire nation, right? Why? <laughs> yeah, right. With what's going on right now, but you're you're killing you're wiping out an entire nation. Why did you decide it by a lottery? Do you know why he did that? Because he, it was a psychological weapon that he was using by the, against the Jews. Do you know what he was telling the Jews by doing it? What, what, what does a lottery mean? It's all random, right? He's saying the big picture, right? The big picture things, whether you, the Jewish people, will survive as a nation or not, it's all random. And I'm going to decide that. I, one person, am going to decide that by picking a lottery. Right, like imagine, imagine that, like the, the psychological message that that's sending that our survival as a people is all dependent on the lottery. Right, that's what he's saying. But did did Haman believe in 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 law and did Haman believe in choice? Absolutely. Right. If you see all the different bits that he did, he was very very much into doing everything he could to advance himself. Right. He gave Achashverosh the advice to kill Vashti because he wanted his daughter to become queen. Right. That's what his thought process was. It, it, it ended up not happening. Right. He he wanted to become the prime minister. He wanted to, um, 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 to kill Mar, um, Mordechai, so he built this massive gallows. What, what we see, we, he, if, if we had to sit down with him, Mar, with, with Haman, right? And, and you see this also in the speech when he, when he talks to Ahasuerus to convince him to kill the Jews, how like strategic it is. If you sat down with, Mar, with Haman and, and said, what are your goals? And what strategy should you use to get there? He did everything right. Right. He did everything right to get there, but it all got foiled. Right. Why? Because we're going to see that his worldview is incorrect. What was Mordechai's worldview? On the other hand, Mordechai's worldview is you can see it in this conversation. Right. How does he have the ability, the faith, the guts to turn around to Esther and say, you go, you don't go. The Jews are going to be saved anyway. How do you know? Who said the Jews are going to be saved? 
It's a good question. How does he know the Jews are going to be saved? I suppose he's very positive and has faith in God. So, okay, positivity is great, but you, you, can't, you, can't, you can't make a statement like that on positivity. But the second one is, is correct, the faith in God, right? He knew it because God gave us a promise, right? God promised us in the Torah that there will always be a Jewish people, right? There will always be a Jewish people. So Mordechai could say with 100% conviction that Esther, you choose to go, you don't choose to go, the Jews will survive. The Jews will survive the threat. So oh brilliant brilliant so what's the fear what's the fear because we have a, a um we have a guarantee that there will be a jewish future but there's no guarantee on the individuals right and and it's the same thing today as well right and it's it's interesting because i used to work in in canada north america and, and in england i don't know if you have that but in north america every community has like a federation and it, they're all joined together and the federation of each community is, is is strategic planning and and fundraising and the reality in north america nowadays is that the fastest group of of jews the fastest growing group of jews are unaffiliated jews right jews that are saying we're not interested in Judaism. And it's worrying, right? And every federation sits down at some point and says, how are we going to bring Jews back to Judaism? How are we going to ensure con Jewish continuity, right? The question they're asking is wrong, right? Because we have a guarantee that there will be a Jewish future. Is there a worry? When we look around at the fast growing group of, of, of Jews, are unaffiliated Jews, Jews that aren't interested, is there a worry? For sure there's a worry. Why? Because there's no guarantee that I will be part of the Jewish future. There's no guarantee that any of us will be part of the future, Jewish future. And that is what Esther, Mordechai is, is telling Esther. Mordechai is telling Esther, he's saying, Esther, your great-grandfather, right, was King Saul. And your great-grandfather was told to wipe up wipe out Amalek, the, 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 army, the, the nation of Amalek. Your great-grandfather did not do his job. And because he didn't do his job, we have Haman today, right? You are in the palace. Don't think it's a mistake that with your family history, you're in the position to do what you can do. Isn't that one of the reasons why she married then and went in the palace? That she... No, no, it was, it was, it was against her, her wish. She didn't want to be the um, um, queen. He 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 chose her against her her wish, right? But it was uh, it was it was for sure it was preordained, right? So what is what is Mordechai saying? What is Mordechai's worldview? Let, let's try and clarify what his worldview is. Mordechai's worldview is big picture, master plan. There is a master plan, right? Hashem, God is orchestrating history to get to a certain place. And we have certain things that are guaranteed. There is always going to be a Jewish future. So if you, Esther, are thinking, why should I risk my life? Why should I risk my life, right? It, it's, it's, it, was, it was a very real um, um, and, and difficult thing for her to do. He's telling her, because there's no guarantee for individuals. Individuals, it's all up to us. And it's the same thing nowadays. We, you know, we have, we, we, we have those, um, we have, we have, that happened years and years ago, but it's exactly the same thing we, um, um, we, we're facing nowadays, right? Do we have a guarantee that there is a, going to be a Jewish future? Yes. God has promised us there will always be Jews. But there's no guarantee that I'm going to be part of that Jewish future. There's no guarantee that any of you are going to be part of that future. There's no guarantee um, 
um, that our children are going to be part of the Jewish future. And by the way, that's why we fight so hard for our kids' Jewish education, because we realize that if we want to be part of that Jewish future, we have to do, we have to choose. We have, and, and I want to tell you something, Esther was asked to do the ultimate, right? Esther was asked to step up and risk her life, right? When she walked into that palace room, she had no idea whether she would walk out again alive, right? And, and, and if you think about it, she should not have walked out alive. If, if, if Vashti, the previous queen, was killed, why shouldn't she be killed as well, right? She shouldn't have. She was willing to give it all up. And I want to say something. In our life, I don't think we're asked to give up our lives. But all of us are asked to give up something. We're all asked to give up something. And, you know, when it comes to, to, to Judaism, we, we have to give up a little bit, right? Whether it's, whether it's, it's um, um, the... the uh, you know, the, the activities we send our kids to, whether it's the way we run our home, whether it's the food we bring into that home, whether it's what we do on Shabbat, we're all asked to give up something, right? And if the question is, why should I give it up? It's not because, yes, we care about the Jewish future. It's not because we, we, that there needs to be a Jewish future. It's because I want to be part of that Jewish future. And the only way that I'm going to be part of that Jewish future is if I opt in, right? And that's what that's what the, the, the argument between, between Haman and Mordechai was. Haman was saying, it's all random. It's all random. You know, there, there will be a Jewish future, there won't be a Jewish future. It's all random, right? I can, I can draw a lottery and decide. So you do what you can to advance yourself and have the best life that you can. That's what basically he was saying, right? I want to, I want to be the prime minister. I want to be wealthy. So I will do what I can right? Mordechai's worldview was a complete opposite. He said there is a master plan, right? There is a master plan, but you, if you want to be part of that Jewish future, if you want to be part of that master plan, you have, as Ryan said, you have got to opt in, right? You have got to opt in. And what happens is that if you follow the, the poem story, and, and um, I'll tell you, the poem story is fascinating. I really, really would say read through it because it's really really a, 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 a you know, it's a crazy story it's a fascinating story but every single thing that Mordechai that Haman did in order to advance himself was used against him right he told Ahasuerus kill Vashti who came the new queen Esther who foiled him he told um he, he built this massive gallows to kill to kill Mordechai what happens? He gets hung on it. Every single thing that he does, because he thinks it's all random and I can manipulate history and I can manipulate things, gets used against him. Mordechai, um, 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 on the other hand, who tells Esther, Esther, there is a master plan. Don't worry about the master plan, right? But you get to choose what your place in that master plan is. You get to choose whether you're the person that saves the entire Jewish people forever. You go down. The book is called Book of Esther because Esther saved the Jewish people. At the end of the day, she say the Jewish people you get to choose that because um, and because we get to choose what part we play in Jewish history and, and in the history and the history of the world and it's it's a story that happened a long time ago but it's a story that happens in our life every single day right there is going to be a Jewish future for that we have a guarantee what our place is, is going to be in that Jewish future that's 100% up to us Thank you for taking the time to listen. I'd love to hear your thoughts and your feedback. You can get in touch with me. You can find me on Instagram. It's Gila Ross. And please take a moment to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss out. Thank you and have a wonderful day.